0: New subject tonight, and normally what we're going to talk about tonight would take a quarter of a, a Bible school. Uh, I'm saying eight weeks to really give this subject matter justice, but I believe the Lord wanted us to hit some high notes, and uh, I, I think later on in our walk with the Lord, and we look over our shoulder we're going to see that this truth that we're going to learn about and enhance in our own life tonight is probably one of the most valuable attributes that we had while we we're here on the earth. So let's go ahead and approach him for our eyes to be opened and to receive what he has for us tonight. Father in heaven, we thank you that your book is alive. Your book is is life. Your book is power because it is your breath in which you breathe into it. And so it has the same attributes as you. Help us to inhale and receive that breath of your life into our inner man, our spirit. Lord, that we would be strengthened, that we'd be encouraged, but also that we would have an expectancy to put what you're showing us tonight or... Should I say reminding us of tonight to put it further into action in our everyday life. Lord, we give you thanks and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's go ahead and open to Romans. And let's get on over to the 8th chapter of Romans. We're going to begin in verse 14. And we're going to talk tonight about Allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, and to impart wisdom to us. Here in Romans 8.14, reading from the King James, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God. So, as many is talking about believers. Every believer. And it declares that, it says that they are led, they are directed, they are guided by who? Who? the Spirit of God. We know that that's the Holy Spirit. Why would he lead us? Because we are the sons or the children of God. Amen? So believers can expect to be directed by God's Spirit that lives in us. But how does he lead us? How does he guide and direct us? Verse 16 gives us a a pretty good idea of how this this transaction of him imparting this guidance and leadership to our spirit. It says that the spirit, King James says, itself. How many of you know that the Holy Spirit's not an it? He's not a thing. He's a divine person. <laughs> Amen? So, translators kind of miss it there. The spirit himself. does he do? He bears witness. Go ahead and say that. He bears witness. He does what? He bears witness. Notice it doesn't say that he speaks as you and I would, as you and I communicate. See, amongst human beings, we communicate so much differently than God the Holy Spirit does to our spirit. He's bearing witness. Notice it says that he bears witness with what? Our spirit. So understand right off that when we begin talking about the Lord directing us, the Lord communicating to us, the Lord guiding us, the Lord giving us insight and wisdom. He's going to do it in that realm of the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who is an eternal spirit being, and He's communicating with our spirit. And we'll get into that a little bit further as we go along. So notice it says that, look at it again, verse 16, the Holy Spirit Bears witness with our spirit. So, this witness, this this bearing of witness, is that communication that takes place between the Holy Spirit and our spirit. Dare I say it's spiritual communication? It's spiritual communication. So, God is going to lead us from within. Now, that's something that, that you and I need to get comfortable with. We, we are so dependent upon our physical senses, is that we, we would rather have communication given to us through the outer man, through our five physical senses. And I can remember early on, when I was endeavoring to, to be obedient to the Lord and follow Him, I, I, I began looking for something out here to be a sign, to, to, to be something that would confirm what I was thinking about doing or, or considering about what I'm setting my hand to. I would look for confirmation out here. But did you notice it says that he bears witness with our spirit? So he lives on the inside of us and he's talking to us, communicating with us on the inside of us. So he's going to lead us from within. So we have to learn to start looking inwardly instead of outwardly. Go over to Proverbs chapter 20. Oh, hallelujah. Now I understand that this is a a message that for, it would be my guess that if not all of you, most of you have already heard before. And some of the things that you're hearing you've heard before and some of these principles that we're going to to look at you have set your hand to before now that's that's dangerous when we start talking about something that we think we know remember we know in part and that part that we have can be added to and so we're looking for more pieces to the puzzle to become more proficient to become more accurate in recognizing him and what he's communicating to us. So don't let your mind shut off like, oh yeah I know that verse, oh yeah I've heard that because once you do that what you're doing is you're closing your heart to hear your intellect and your mind shuts down, but you know our mind is the gateway to our spirit Faith comes by what? Hearing. And so once you shut down your ear listening to him, naturally speaking, you shut him down from coming and speaking to your heart. So be expectant to hear something. Consider what's being said. Let him him add to what you hear. And that's called revelation knowledge. So here in Proverbs chapter 20, look at verse 27. Proverbs 20, verse 27. It says that the spirit of man. Who? The spirit of man. That is the candle of the Lord. What's this spirit, this candle of the Lord doing? It's searching all the inward parts of the belly. Now, this translation of this verse is a little blind to us. We don't use candles very often to illuminate our house at night when it gets dark, right? We use light bulbs. Uh, It says in the New King James that the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. So understand that he's using this word candle. they, They translated that into lamp. It's talking about that God will enlighten us through our spirit, man. So the spirit of man is the enlightenment of the Lord, illuminating or revealing those things in the inward parts of our being. So he's going to use our spirit to enlighten us. And again, we already talked about this. Too many times we allow our mind and our body to lead us or to dominate us, for that matter. And that's because we become so dependent on our mind and our body because that's a part of us that we develop and spend most of our time with. But this verse doesn't say that the mind of man... Is the candle of the Lord. It doesn't say the body of man is the candle of the Lord. And so we understand that you and I, we can't contact God with our body. And God doesn't contact us through our body. That's because God's not a man. And God can't be contacted with our mind. And God doesn't contact us through our mind. He's not a mind. The scripture agrees with Romans that God will enlighten us directly to our spirit. Too many of us are directed by logic, reasoning, feelings circumstances, advice from others, and here's a big one, God doesn't lead us by money. Now, this is an area that I'm working on. Just recently, uh, my wife and I were looking for a car to purchase, and every time I would look at a car, I started thinking about how much it costs. And this one costs less than this one. Am I the only one that <laughs> gets influenced by money? But we kept saying that we would know the car when we saw it. And so when I would see a car, I wasn't looking down here. I was looking up here as to how much it cost. And so we came this close to buying a car that the price was just to me it was uh hard to believe it was so low what they were selling it for and it was lower see we we made a we knew how much we could spend and so we had a price range and it was below our price range and i'm going this has got to be god Look at this car, all the options on this car, and oh, it looks so good, and we look great in it, and people will see us in this car, and woo! And I'll have some extra money. But something in here, kind of. So we walked away from it. Then within two hours... We went to look at one more car before we went home and we didn't even get out of the car to look at it because once we saw it we went that's it and we didn't sit in it yet we didn't find out about it yet but something on the inside there was this this knowing it wasn't a voice it wasn't necessarily a feeling in terms of an outward feeling or emotion, it was a knowing that brought peace. And you're going to find that peace is one of those areas that you got to check off the box when you're following the Holy Spirit. Because there's always going to be peace, whatever He leads us to do. So we've got to not be led by logic. Not be led by reasoning, you know, making a list of pros and cons. Here are the pros of doing this. These are the cons. Put them together, and oh, I've I, I got to do this now because there were more pros than cons. See, that's logic. That's reasoning. Feelings. We, we can't go by the circumstances. We can't go by the advice of others. If I was you, I'd do this. Got to be careful of that. And the one I'm working on, don't let money be the deciding factor. When we built this church, money was making a lot of decisions for us. Let's go with this contractor because he's lower. Well, guess what? We're still repairing things that those lowball contractors did in the construction of this building. I'm not gonna go down that path again. Amen? Let's, let's, let's be led from the inside. Amen? So, we've gotta understand <clears throat> that we're gonna be directed from inside. Go on over to Genesis chapter one. Now, here's a huge key ingredient in learning how to recognize that communication on the inside. Remember, the communication is going to be spiritual. And we're looking at right now how God is a spirit. He's he's not a mind. He's not a body. He's an eternal spirit, spirit being. So he's going to be in that realm of the spirit when he communicates with our spirit. Look over here in Genesis 1.26. And you guys know these verses here. It talks about how God made man, or the human race, in his image, right? After his likeness. And then he said, let them, this creation now that's made after his image and likeness, let them have dominion over the earth. And so in verse 27, it repeats itself and says that God created man in his own image. So you and I are like God. Look over in John chapter 4. John chapter 4, verse 24. So if I'm made in the likeness of God, because the Bible tells me so, then once I find out what God is, then I can know what I am. right? Which, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, God came first, just like the chicken. Amen? The egg is just... well, let's not go into that. Look what Jesus said about God the Father. John 4:24 again when we locate what God is then we can know what we are it says here that God is a come on you can say it we're what because he's a spirit God is what he is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him from their spirit according to his truth hallelujah So since God is a spirit, and because we've been created in his image and in his likeness, therefore we are a spirit being. This is the most important truth that you and I have got to embrace in order to begin hearing the communication of the Holy Spirit and our spirit, and it's a key to growing in the truth of the Word of God. You see, for for quite a long time, I had a difficult time after I was born again getting anything from the Bible. It It just seemed to have contradictions. It didn't seem to really reveal to me who I had become in Christ because there were some contradictions. It was talking about how I've been a new creature, I'm a new creation. Well, I looked in the mirror, and I looked like the same guy I was before and after receiving Christ. Then it t- started telling me, well, that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. And I'm going, what? Because I was still making a lot of mistakes in life. I could see my imperfection. I, 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 didn't, I wasn't depicting someone who I would say is righteous. Righteous. I was judging myself with my behavior. The outer man. But then when the revelation came, I still remember that day in Berthoud, Colorado, sitting in Dr. Arndt's doctor's office. See, back then, doctors ago. Before electricity, you remember that? <laughs> well, not quite that long ago. But I was sitting in the waiting room reading faith food. And it brought up 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. And it separated man into three natures. And I found out that day that I was an eternal spirit, I have a mind, and I live in a body. And when that truth dropped into my heart, all of a sudden this book opened up to me. When I saw that I was a new creature in Christ, it was talking about the resurrection of my spirit man, not the resurrection of my outer man. When it said that I was the righteousness of God in Christ, I was going, duh, my spirit's now righteous because it was born again. My flesh is the same old flesh. My mind is the still confused mind." And then I learned I had to get that truth into my mind to wash it, And to get it renewed so then i'd start controlling my body everything in christendom for you and i always works from the inside out the spirit man out righteous living begins in the inner man and works its way out that process of what the bible calls sanctification Prosperity begins on the inside and works its way out. Too many people want it out here. Prosperity isn't out here. Prosperity is in here. You've been made rich because he became poor. You have to start seeing yourself the way God has made you. Amen? And once we start looking on the inside and develop the inside... Then it begins to take root and manifest on the outside. And so does being led by the Spirit of God. We're not trying to use our mind. We're not trying to use our feelings. We're not trying to see. No. We're starting to perceive on the inside. And that's how we're led by the Spirit of God. You know, years ago people who traveled they didn't have gpss they didn't have smartphones they didn't have road maps what they used was stars and they could be guided by the by the stars in the night That's why God used what appeared to be a star to uh, the wise men. and that, that band and group of nomads, they, they, they just they, they, they were used to being navigated with stars and so God used what appeared to be a star and they followed it. But there's a key to allowing. Or the stars to direct us. There's a key that unlocks how to be guided by the stars. You have to locate the North Star. If you don't locate the North Star, it's almost impossible to be led by stars. And that's because the North Star is always. In the sky, no matter what season it is. And it's always in the same location. Do you know what direction the North Star is in? (laughs) To the north, obviously. Once someone teaches you how to locate the North Star, now you know which way is north. Now you know which all the other directions are. So, if you want to go south, you go the opposite direction. If you want to go east, you go to the right. If you want to go west, you go to the left of it. And so, just by learning how to locate that star, now you take advantage of this entire universe and the stars in the sky to direct your life. Well, that's what locating our human spirit does for us. Our human spirit is the North Star. Once we locate it, once we begin recognizing it, once we begin to perceive by the inward witness those things that are being imparted to us in the terms of guidance, that's when we hook into being directed by him in all the areas of our life. Amen. Once you and I locate our spirit, then we can begin to lo- locate the communication that takes place between his spirit and our spirit. Let's go to that verse of scripture that I just cited. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. <throat> 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. This is that wonderful scripture that I read so many years ago in Dr. Arndt's Waiting room, and his <laughs> his office in his in his house was amazing. It was like this museum. He had some really old medical equipment that was just really cool to look at. And yeah, he used some of it on me. First Thessalonians five twenty three. Let's depict. Let's let's remember when you took apart the frog in. Uh, In high school. Let's, Let's take apart our being right here according to this verse 23. It says that the very God of peace 1 Thessalonians 5 23 and the very God of peace sanctify cleanse you wholly or completely and I pray God your whole spirit soul which is our mind and body Be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice that it mentions your spirit man first. Because that's, in essence, who we are. I like to say it this way. I am a spirit. I, being my spirit, has a mind. And me, my spirit, lives in a body. When we begin recognizing that. It helps us to then start looking to the inside when we're getting revelation from the Word of God and when we're looking for guidance from the Holy Spirit. So say this out loud. I am a spirit. I have a mind. And I live in a body. These are the three parts of our being. Now understand that because you and I are spirit beings, we're eternal. Have you thought about that? I said, have you thought about that? We're, we will live forever. That helps me to embrace that truth. You you know how a lot of these people they have what they call a um, A list of things they have to get done. What's that called? Not a to-do list. (laughs) Things they want to get accomplished before they die. A bucket list. Is that what it is? A bucket list. Well, I was tempted one time to to get a bucket list, but... I'll be experiencing, you're going to be experiencing new and wonderful things every day for all eternity. God is so vast and so endless that we'll never stop seeing new things from him. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful eternity. So we are eternal. And guess what? Our bodies aren't. (laughs) You know, it's sad, but too many people let death just just get them sad and depressed and, and it just haunts them. But death isn't permanent for you and I, and it has no sting anymore because we're eternal. Going over to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, of verse 21. Now, I want you to listen to the Apostle Paul here. He was very much aware that he was a spirit. And you see it once you begin seeing it for yourself, you'll start seeing it in his writings. So he begins here in verse 21. He says, For me, for to me, well, who's me, Paul? It's your spirit. For me to live is Christ. So to live here on the earth is beneficial for God's kingdom and, and, and to be obedient to Jesus. But to die, that's physical death, that's your spirit leaving your body, is gain. We should, we should never be depressed or, or anxious or in a, in a place of despair when we lose a loved one. Because Paul says here for the believer that death is gain. It's gain. It's a benefit to them. It's a place of liberty. They're no longer in that yoke of their body and what caused them to die in the first place. They're now free. We need to have that perspective so that we could be happy for them and also with the knowledge that we're, it won't be too long before we see him again. Verse 22, it says, But if I, he's talking about his spirit, man, where is the spirit going to live? But if I, my spirit lives in the flesh, see, your spirit lives in a body. This is the fruit of my labor. But what shall I choose? I want not. Verse 23, For I'm in a strait, or I'm, I'm being tussled back and forth, where I have a desire to depart. Where are you going, Paul? My spirit's going to go to heaven. We all look forward to that, don't we? I hope we do. What happens when, when we depart, you and I? Our spirit will be with Christ. Hallelujah! He says that that's far better. Verse 24. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh, it's better for my spirit to live in my flesh so I can be on earth because it's more needful for you. Why do I want to live a long life? So I can help those around me with the Christ that is in me. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. So we have to be aware of the fact that we're a three-part nature. And from that perspective, that's how you and I are going to be able to locate the inner man. And then from that point, we can focus on living out of and making decisions from our spirit. Now, I want to look at one more verse. Go to Galatians. Chapter 5. Again, this is Paul who wrote this, this letter to that region of Galatia. He says here in Galatians 5.16, he says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit. Look at that expression. Walk in the Spirit. Now, this isn't talking about being, how do do I want to say this? Walking in the spirit isn't this weird place that maybe you see others get to. Walking in the spirit is just simply making decisions from your inner man. You're more aware of spiritual things than you are natural. You're not, ooh, your eyes aren't bugging out. You know, you don't make crazy noises. You don't levitate. I mean, that's not in the spirit. In the spirit is just making decisions and walking, making those decisions from our inner man. And in essence, when we do that, we're following the Holy Spirit. Following the Holy Spirit isn't something weird. I mean, you, you always see movies and, and television programs that, that, that make someone who is mindful of the things of God, they, they make that person be a weird person, you know. Their eyes are always rolling back in their head, and they're, you know, it's, 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 it's not weird or strange. You were walking in the Spirit that moment that you asked Christ to come into your heart. You see, you saw, you saw Jesus with your heart, You saw him in the word of God. You became mindful of what he did for you. You began to be drawn to him. And then this thought of receiving him came to you, and you made a decision to receive him on the inside, and you reached out and accepted him. That's walking in the Spirit, and that's not weird, but that's the way you and I need to walk in life. Amen? He says if you'll walk in the Spirit then you're not going to fulfill what your flesh wants to do. How many of you know that our outer man has different desires than our inner man? Our outer man wants to be lazy. Our outer man wants to eat all day. Our outer man wants to do all these things that really aren't as beneficial as making decisions from our spirit. Amen? And that's what he's saying. He goes on to say in verse 18, But if you be led, directed from the inside, from your spirit man, that's by the Holy Spirit, then you're not under the law. Again, this walking in the spirit is simply making decisions from the hidden man of your heart, from your spirit man. When you and I are spirit conscience, and we make those decisions from within, then you and I will begin controlling the other two parts of our body. We'll be controlling our mind, our our emotions, and we'll be controlling the actions or behavior of our outer man, our flesh. This puts us in a position where the enemy, the devil, and his evil realm can't influence us and can't control us. You see, once we start walking f- from the inside out, that's when you and I truly get free, and that's when you and I begin receiving the blessings that God has for us in this life. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you tonight for the truth from the word of God. We're so thankful that, that you reveal to us our real nature. We are eternal spirits because we've been made after your likeness and after your image. And yes, we do have a mind that helps us to interact with a seen realm. And yes, we live in this earth suit which is really just dirt, our body. Father, help us to be mindful of our inner man. Help us to start looking on the inside. Help us to start walking in the spirit. Making decisions from the inner man and not by the pressures on the outside. In doing that, Father, we walk in light. We'll be walking in truth. And we will be intersected with your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for coming out tonight. We'll probably pick this up again next week. We're not going to go too far in this subject. I could go eight weeks, but we're just going to go a couple. That sound all right? Hey, thanks for tuning in. We love you guys. You're blessed. Bye-bye.